Welcome to How I Raised It, the podcast that goes behind the scenes with entrepreneurs who've raised capital. We uncover the tips, tricks, and techniques they use to get investors to write a check. Strap in and turn it up. Hi, welcome to another episode of How I Raised It, produced by Foundersuite.com. Today I have Anna Palmer and Chip Hazard of X Factor Ventures coming to us from Boston. How's it going there in Boston? It's great. It is it's cold. Good. Yeah, it's cold and snowy as always. Yeah. Is it, if it's not like the winter you guys had, I don't know, a couple years ago where I just remember the news reports, it was like six feet of ice, basically. Uh, you, drive, yeah. you drive by cars and they'd be snowed in for the entire winter. Now this one's been pretty easy for us. Yeah, I think that one I had to shut down the company for 13 days or something for snow because we were out in the middle of nowhere and people just couldn't get to the office. Wow, that's that's hardcore. I grew up in Colorado, which had winters. Now I'm in Marin County, which it's high of 72 today. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, we should be. Just we should be yeah, we should be doing this at Sam's over a you know a drink on the deck. Yeah, totally. That, that'd be that'd be fun actually. It's a good idea. Awesome. Well, nice to have you both. What is X Factor Ventures? X Factor Ventures is a pre-seed and seed stage fund focused on founders, uh, female founders that are building and targeting billion dollar opportunities. Okay. And then the unique part of our model is that all of our investing partners with the exception of CHIP are all operators. So we all have day jobs and have scaled companies to what we consider series A and beyond. Um, so we're in the trenches. We really know what's going on in the day-to-day. -day. So we want to be the founder's first call when anything happens because we've been there and done that. Sure, that makes sense. How many operators are on the, the team? Yeah, when we started the fund in 2017, it was myself and Anna and then seven other women. So a total of nine investment partners. Uh, we raised the second fund in 2019 that grew the team to 22. So there's 22 of us that are out looking for investment opportunities in New York, LA, San Francisco, Denver, Seattle, and, and here in Boston. Interesting. Uh, 22 total. Yep. Yes. And there are, is everyone, well, let's talk about how much you've raised. I was going to ask the question, are they all LPs in the fund as well as like operating partners or, you know, maybe tell about how much you guys have raised, how much assets under management and all that good stuff. Yeah. So we're still small. So we're typically sort of as I mentioned earlier, pre-seed investors. So we're oftentimes sort of the first check for founders and the genesis of the firm was really understanding that for any founder, particularly for female founders, the first check's the hardest check. And so that was the, uh, the sort of the spot in the market we wanted to fill. And, and those founders, when they're starting their company, they look to people they admire and, and look up to and reach out to uh, for advice and guidance. And that's oftentimes someone on our team. And so those team members are, are the recipient of inbound opportunities. And in addition to providing advice and guidance, they can now provide a check, uh, which is how we got started. And so the first fund was small, it was $3 million. Uh, the second fund, uh, we grew about three times, we're just under 9 million. Uh, we've made 43 investments in the last two and a half years. So we've been, we've been pretty active. Interesting, cool. And what was the original genesis or backstory? I mean, I, uh, you know, how did this idea come to life? Uh, so the idea initially came from uh, 
side project that happened after the election. So I had a pretty personal and visceral reaction to the election results and put up a quick landing page on Squarespace called Suit Up, which was to get women together to have conversations about things that were happening to them in their communities. And through that process, it scaled from in six days, none of us to 25,000 women across the country. Mm. And in those conversations, the women's access to capital came up over and over and over again. And that matched really well with what my experience was of raising for my first company. So I'd raised a little over $13 million for my first one and found myself often pitching to investors' wives on conference calls or kind of grabbing whoever happened to be around that was female to get advice and, and thoughts on, on the company we were building because there just weren't women on the other side of the table and our target market really was women. And so through those two things, we're having a conversation um, and Chip had been working out and helping us out on that initiative. Um, and we talked to him and we were like, hey, this is actually something we can solve given his venture background and my entrepreneurial background. And so that's the genesis of the idea. And then through that, we discovered, okay, we need investing partners on both sides of the table. We want to be writing checks to women and we want to have women writing those checks. Mm -hmm. Interesting. What was the previous company that you raised money for? What? Yeah. Uh, it's called Fashion Project. We were the industry leader in high-end clothing donation. So anything in your closet that was nicer than what you give to Goodwill or Salvation Army, you could donate through us and then choose any 501c3 to direct the proceeds to. And this is kind of leading the witness, but like what was the experience of raising money for that? I, I, the fund is focused on backing female founders. Did you have some unique uh, or painful or whatever experiences raising money for that? that company? Um, so my very first investor conversation, I sat down at the table and we're going through the deck. And at that point in time, I was just getting ready to graduate from Harvard Law. And I still remember he looked at the team slide and I think the exact quote was, so you don't have an MBA, you don't have a finance background. What are you just pretty to look at? <laughs> Ugh, painful. Um, I mean, thanks. Like, I appreciate the fact you think I'm pretty, but that's not why I'm here. Um, and so that experience, even though I think looking back on it, you probably meant it as a joke, um, but that really just highlighted that gender difference to me. And then going out and having this chance to build X Factor to then be the first check-in and support women, um, it was really important for me just from a mission standpoint to then turn around and do that. And one of the things that was interesting when, when Anna and I sort of first started working on this, she took me on a, on a listening tour with a bunch of female founders. And unfortunately that, story that Anna shared is not unique. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of horrible stories of uh, every female founder has gone through. And, you know, that as someone who's been in the venture business for 25 years struck me as, you know, A, just being totally wrong, uh, that an industry I love is totally inaccessible for founders, uh, but also as a huge unmet need and there's a market opportunity. And so the, the capitalist in me looked at that and said, there's an opportunity with an underserved market to create a fund to fill that need and really be the best investor for those new female founders that are looking to start new companies. And that was actually going to be my next question is like, is this fund set up to, to do good and to right the wrongs and, and create a more equal balance of power? Or is it to sort of exploit this uh, almost arbitrage opportunity of, you know, uh, getting better deals at a good price <laughs> that maybe exists or both. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd use the term exploit per se, but definitely both. I think one of the things that's so excited about this though is, I mean, we've seen all the statistics that mixed gender teams and 
women at the helm and leadership actually perform better. And so, um, yes, this is mission-based, but to Chip's comment earlier, this is also really about investment returns. I mean, first and foremost, we're a fund. And so we want to create big returns for our LPs. And so um, I think it's just a huge opportunity that's untapped out there in the market. And that returns focus was really important. One of the things when we were talking to all the women who became investment partners of the fund is that the idea that somehow we were going to lower the bar uh, was just not at all appealing. This is focused on backing the best companies, the ones that are going after the biggest of opportunities and looking to generate, you know, venture scale returns and that every founder had sort of been through the experience of like, Oh, you're not good enough for me. Why don't you go talk to this female focus fund? We want to have people talk to us because we're trying to build amazing, you know, market leading massive wins. Yeah, that makes sense. Talk about the LP. So, um, you know, raising this $3 million fund and then the $9 million fund, was it these operating partners that put in the money or did you go to traditional LP sources like, you know, endowments and universities or, or what? Yeah, so the, the fund structure is structured as a traditional venture fund. Uh, Flybridge, which is where my day job is, is a small LP where 20% of the fund, we provide back office support, but 80% of the capital comes from outside LPs. Those include the investing partners uh, in the fund, uh, but uh, the vast majority of the fund is from third-party LPs who are investing because they both see the opportunity and see the opportunity for returns and also believe in support in the mission. Given the, the size and structure of the fund, uh, it was less of an institutional fund and much more focused on uh, individuals and small family offices than it was on traditional, you know, large-scale institutional investors. And to Chip's credit, he really advocated and opened up his own personal network as well, especially since a lot of us as operators hadn't necessarily built that LP network yet. Um, and so I'll still remember the very first offsite that we did. We're all sitting around a room and Chip opened with a joke that said, hey, if this thing doesn't work, I'll have no friends. Um, mm. Because he went, went and asked his personal network. Um, and so it was pretty great to have that level of support there too. And, and how would you contrast and compare raising money for startup versus a fund? Like is, you know, what's it like? Because I, I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs do have the fantasy of uh, perhaps becoming a, a venture investor after they're done with their entrepreneurial career. So any interesting observations there? Um, so it's fascinating to suddenly be on the other side of the table because I think as an entrepreneur, what was happening behind the scenes when you're having those funding meetings was a little bit of a black box. And so going through this process, I realized the same way that I was raising for my company where you have your target list of people that you think would be a good fit and you're truly running a process and you're yep. thinking about what makes my product unique and why are we uniquely suited to be the ones that build it. All of those things are exactly the same. It's just who you're going after for capital is a little bit different. Um, and so it was interesting to me to see those two processes parallel each other. Mm -hmm. um, I also would say, I think actually raising on the venture side is maybe even a little bit tougher. So I have, I have a lot of respect now for anyone that has gone through that process. Um, just because when you're in a company, you, your differentiation is, is there. It's pretty easy. Yeah. And I think as a fund um, to really prove out why are you going to be the one that gets those outside returns is a little bit harder. And thankfully with X Factor, because of all of those statistics and the mission and the amazing things women are building, um, we had that story. But yeah, it was, it was fascinating to be on both sides of that. And so apart from like Chip opening up his network, like how do you identify potential LPs, you know, for, for running a process, right? How do you build that target list? 
Um, so for us, I think a lot of that was just looking at who was interested in what. Um, and it was a unique period in time in that when we raised for the first fund, we had raised before anyone was really talking about this. And there was a serendipitous thing that happened that right as we announced the fund, all of the spotlight started happening on this gap in um, gender and what's happening on the investor side for, for women. And so the difference between having to build that pipeline, figure out who's actually talking about this the first time around to the second time around where you could actually see like, all right, now there's some big players that are stepping mm -hmm. up with checks um, was a kind of slightly different process. Okay. Is it, I'm mostly familiar with startup fundraising, but is it uh, like, what's the size and shape of a funnel look like? Let's take, I guess, maybe the second fund or either fund that you guys have raised. Um, you know, how large is that LP funnel and what's like a typical kind of hit rate? You know, what's that look like? Chip, I'll yeah, let so you uh, take that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. As opposed to a, as a company where, you know, in a, in a reasonable size seed financing, you'll have, you know, generally no more than a dozen uh, investors in a fund, you'll have many more. So we went out for the second fund and probably talked to or reached out to on the order of a couple hundred people, um, ended up with about 50 LPs, uh, hmm. as part of that process. So that gives you a flavor for it. And, and the, uh, you know, the, the range of discussion was, you know, Hey, I don't invest in venture to, you know, I want to learn more, uh, and, and, you know, tell me what your, what your differentiation is and how you uh, are positioning the fund. And then it went from there. Okay. That's still a pretty high hit rate. If you talk to a hundred and landed 50 of them, that's a much better batting average than I think most startups experience when they're fundraising. Yeah. Um, a lot of credit to Anna and her partners. The, you know, if you think about what it takes to be successful as a venture firm, you need to see a lot of opportunities. You need to be good at selecting those opportunities. You need to be able to win your way into the best deals and then you need to be able to support your portfolio companies. And, the advantage of an investment team that are all founders is they they're in the flow. They see all these opportunities. They have great insights from their experience. They can identify what an amazing founder looks like. Uh, we had a very clear mission and focus and that appealed to people. And then once we're involved, we can do a really good job of supporting. And so, so the LPs who I think understood venture capital and have been around the block, uh, really that message sort of really resonated with. Yeah. Was there, cause I have heard of a few other, female focused groups, angel groups, funds kind of popping up. Was there competition you saw coming out? Like, did you ever, you know, get in sort of a, a bake off for LP dollars? Yeah, we had, we, we had a couple of funny conversations on that front. Yeah, one of my, one of my close friends said, Hey Chip, aren't there a lot of people doing this? And, and I said to him, you know what a lot is? A lot is less than 1% of the capital in the venture industry. It's just mm -hmm. teeny. It's a drop in the bucket. Uh, and so, so we view all of those funds as being potential partners and collaborators. Uh, but sometimes LPs would, would sort of view us as, oh, there seem to be a lot of people doing the same thing. Yeah, I, uh, I like the idea, though, that if that ever happens, that we get into a bake-off. Because although I don't believe in gender stereotypes, I feel like maybe that is one place where we could definitely win our way in. Mm. Um, the, uh, I think it's interesting you raise that question, though, in that um, to, to what Chip's saying, I think the, the idea is there's such a huge opportunity here, and we need even more people going after it. And so what we've seen on the fun side is 
really collaboration between all these different women-focused funds. So we don't want to be competing for deals. We want to be all investing in those and lifting each other up. Um, and so I'd also say even on the LP side, there's been some collaboration there as well, uh, which is really exciting to see. I think people understand the opportunity. Okay, good. Let's talk about the LP support. I mean, you've got all these operators, which is interesting. Do you have any formalized way for potential portfolio companies to like tap that? Because I think that's obviously a big, if I was pitching your your fund, that's one obvious value add that I would be pitching. So yeah, is there any like formal method there? Yeah, so the I think the across the X Factor team, we have a super vibrant community. So the uh, the X Factor team has a massive Slack channel. There's every portfolio company is, you know, if they have a need, that'll go into our Slack channel and people respond with a, either an introduction to a customer or a press contact or potential investor. And so we, we clearly try to leverage the community of our investment team, which with 22 of us across the country, there's a lot of relationships there that can be tapped into. And that is a big source of, of advice and guidance for the, for the companies we, we invest behind. Yeah. Yeah. And when you become a portfolio company with X Factor, so you have your partner that led your deal, which is really your main point of contact. But then if you're facing something that maybe you need outside help on, or you specifically know, oh, I want to figure out how do I leverage more press uh, as an example. So that partner would then go out and say, hey, X Factor Network, does anyone know the question, uh, the answer to this question, X, Y, Z? And then people would jump in and help that way. And so it's really introducing you across the entire portfolio and you get access to everyone, not just um, the one company. I was going to say, we also tap uh, all the X Factor companies get tapped into the broader Flybridge portfolio family. And so Anne and I led a session at Flybridge's CEO summit on what does it take to go from seed to series A and what are the considerations and making that jump from a fundraising and milestones and company building perspective. And so we try to bring sort of the broader learnings and the broader community together as well. Is, is this a, a lead gen for Flybridge? I mean, I guess Flybridge, Flybridge is an LP in the fund, which makes sense, but is this also like a, a direct pipeline to get funded by Flybridge or are they? No, it, they're really autonomous and independent funds. Uh, we have co-invested together. I think we've co-invested together a half dozen times. And so, you know, just like Flybridge has relationships with other pre-seed and seed stage funds that we co-invest with that we view VAX factor in the same way. Um, and so there's, it's a little bit obviously closer relationship because I'm on both sides of the table, but it's, it's really just proven to be a great collaboration and, and craft sharing opportunity for all of us. Where are you guys at in the uh, investing cycle of this most recent fund? So if I'm doing the math, you're doing 150K per in initial check. So you could do, I guess if you're only doing the, the fund, in, that'd be 60 deals or something. And you mentioned you have about 43 or? The, uh, the first fund uh, invested in 29 companies uh, and that was $100,000 per company. And so that was wrapped up uh, in the middle of last year. We launched the second fund last year uh, with a goal of, uh, your math is right, it's about 55, 56 companies. Uh, we're 15 uh, investments into that fund. Uh, so the uh, you know, we're, we're making good progress uh, and seeing a lot of opportunities. I think the part that's been most inspiring to all of the investors is the breadth of opportunities that we see. There's no such thing as a stereotypical female founded company. We, we have a protein engineering company. We have a quantum computing company. We have a space tug company. We have a bunch of applied AI companies. We have fashion. We have direct to consumer. We have, you know, there's a very broad range of what we've seen and invested behind. Awesome. Is the goal to 
make a bunch of 150k investments and then reserving half the fund to double down or uh, how's the structure work? So the structure of this fund is we're just the one check-in um, and we did that very purposely in that we never wanted our companies to feel like they were competing for the next check because we really wanted to be able to dig in and help them and so I think that changes the dynamic a little bit when you know like okay if the company has some crazy thing that happens to you we can be that call and we'll be there and support you and coach you through it because we've probably been there too, but also because you know you're not competing for that next check. Um, and so we found that to be really effective in building our relationships with companies and really providing support on a different level. Does that restrict or cap your upside potential if you can't double down on your, you know, couple winners in the portfolio? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's always the trade-off, right? From a portfolio yeah. management perspective, you'd love to put lots more resources behind the, the subset of companies that are really doing exceptionally well. But what Anna said was, was incredibly important. What I've seen is the relationship that the founders are forming with their X-Factor partner is just incredibly authentic and open and honest. And they can do so because they don't feel like they have to sugarcoat it uh, with an eye towards raising that next round. And so it's it's just been a much more satisfying experience, I think, for both the founders we're backing and also the founders who are on the X Factor investment team. And then one other thing I'll say about that, which is pretty unique to, probably to X Factor, which is since all of us are operators that have raised capital for our own companies, when you have a company that is succeeding like that and they're going out to raise their next round, you now have 22 people who have worked hand in hand with investors as founders. And so we can open up our network and say, hey, we know so-and-so would be a really good fit. And we can vouch and say, they're a great partner. They're super supportive. This is definitely a check you want to take. And so we can be really helpful on that side too in making those introductions and then walking the founder through that process mm -hmm. in a way that um, hopefully catapults that company to success. I, I forget who did this, whether it was an accelerator or a fund, but there was one fund I want to say that every portfolio company also got a small piece of the whole uh, asset class or something. You ever thought about doing something like oh, that to really... Uh, you know, everyone had a piece of the overall fund upside, just small piece, but like, ever thought about something like that? Almost. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I think yeah. the challenge, the challenge that we've run into, at least, is that you end up with a piece of a piece of a piece in it. Is it big enough to be financially meaningful? And what I've seen is the community around X Factor is incredibly strong. And there's just this great belief in the mission of lifting each other up and supporting each other that you don't necessarily need to cloud that with financial incentives that would mm. maybe not be that big anyways. And so, right. so far we haven't gone there, but, but it's a creative idea. Cool. Where are you thinking this goes? So $3 million fund and a $9 million fund, does this eventually grow to a 50, hundred million dollar fund uh, or, or larger? What's the five year plan? <laughs> uh, I think, yes. I mean, there's, huge opportunity here and what we've seen as far as deal flow and the types of companies that we're investing in. Um, and then if you're looking at access to capital and series A rounds, series B rounds, series C rounds, uh, that gender disparity does actually stay pretty consistent and actually gets worse mm. as those rounds get bigger. And so I think there is huge opportunity there. Um, what that looks like for us, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it's definitely something that's on our minds. And now that we have a track record and we've seen that success play out, um, something that we're looking to in the future. 
putting on the, you know, almost the, the, the lens of like, okay, great. You're, you're doing this needed, important, valuable service for the startup community as a whole. It could be potentially be very lucrative. What's the, the best way you can ensure your returns ultimately are amazing, right? Is it picking companies? Is it adding value? Or is it like facilitating exits? Like almost like what juices your returns the most? <laughs> yes to all of those. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think the they're they're all really intertwined, right? So so ultimately a lot of the value gets created with the initial investment decision, but you don't win your way in if you're not a great supporter and helper. Uh, and so you really have to do both. Um, you know, for X Factor, we're we're gonna be a small investor in our biggest successes. So we're probably going to be less involved in the exit process. Although we have engaged with some of our portfolio companies and helping them think that through and, and how to play out that chessboard. Um, but we need to be great at selecting the best opportunities, the founders who are the most ambitious going after the biggest opportunities uh, and then be incredibly supportive to those companies. Yeah. Awesome. A couple more questions. I'll let you get back to it, but um, you know, what, uh, what one piece of advice, maybe Anna, this is for you, would you give yourself if you were doing this whole thing all over again? Anything you wish you could redo? I think it's always interesting. 2020 hindsight. Yeah. Um, see, I would say two things. I think the first one, to our credit, we really wanted to get the MVP out the door. And so we raised as quickly as we possibly could. And that first fund, that $3 million fund, um, happened very quickly, but I think if I was going back to do it again, I would maybe spend a little bit more time cultivating that LP pipeline and really thinking about, can we make this bigger from the get-go? Mm -hmm. um, and so then we wouldn't have to necessarily turn around and raise that other fund um, quite so quickly. Um, and then to that point, I think I would tell myself to go bigger. I mean, what we saw coming out of the gate of what that first year tip, I think we saw like 2,000 or 3,000 companies, something like that. Right. Um, I mean, the opportunity is just huge. And so I think we predicted our toe in the water and said, I, like, I think there's something here, but I'm not so sure. Um, but seeing that play out, I think, like, go big. It's mm -hmm. a huge opportunity. And so I would have said, raise more, back more companies, make this as big as you possibly can, um, just right from the onset. Interesting. Let me take a couple more questions almost from the lens of anyone maybe watching the show. So it's female uh, founder, has to be a founder or co-founder, uh, marketplace agnostic, right? Because you've said space tugs. What is a space tug, by the way? I, I want to come back to that for a second. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> a space tug takes a satellite from one orbit to another orbit. Okay, cool. Interesting. I, I got to get my daughter thinking career-wise, space tug, like that'd be a cool uh, aspirational career. So, so anyway, uh, 150K in, one of the founders has to be a female. What type of business doesn't matter so much? Big opportunity. What other criteria are you guys looking for? That's a pretty good summary. Yeah, I think yeah. The, the overarching point is the last point, which is uh, we are looking for highly ambitious founders who are looking to build very big businesses. And so the lens is very much a classic venture capital model of let's look for the outliers and you're going to find those all over the country in every sector with founders of all sorts of different backgrounds 
Um, but that level of ambition uh, is is key. And I think on the founder side too, I'd also add to that grit for sure. I mean, all of us have been in the trenches and we know mm -hmm. just how hard it is to build a company. And if you ever sit around a room and hear all the stories of the X Factor partners and what it took to get our companies to where they are now, um, it's just grit and tenacity. And so we're looking for those founders that want to run through walls to make their dream happen. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, are they usually price rounds or notes or safes or what structure are these deals? Uh, we've done all of the above. Okay. So we're, we're not uh, overly concerned necessarily with the mechanics uh, of, of any given deal. Always uh, following, like, do you require a lead investor on every deal or what's the uh, scenario? Yeah, typically as a $150,000 investor, we're not often going to be the lead investor. Uh, there have been a few uh, smaller pre-seed rounds that we have quote unquote led. Uh, so we're, we know how to do it. We're open to that, but we also are cognizant, you know, of the size of the initial investment we're making relative to, you know, the overall round that may be being raised. And one of the things I say to that too, that makes X Factor great is that we are willing to take the bet on being that first check-in, even if you're really early. So we have had companies that we funded where that's been the case, um, which a lot of times I think when you get to seed funds, they're wanting to see a little bit more traction, but yeah. Because who we are, we're, we're willing to back those founders and take those bets. I mean, just a, speaking as a founder, like the whoever is the first check-in, you just love them for the rest <laughs> of your life. Like there's something, you know, special and magical about whoever writes that first check. Um, so for anyone listening, you know, you've seen, sounds like you've seen a lot of deals. What tips for reaching you guys? If I'm a female founder and it sounds like I've got the grit and tenacity and big game-changing vision that's appropriate, how do I best get in front of you? Is it going through one of the operators or what? Yeah, I would say go on the website. Um, and so xfactor.ventures and see who you think would be the best fit for your company based on what you're building. And then the nice thing about us is we're all very visible and very easy to find. Um, so you can reach out to us that way. I think one of the other things that makes X Factor a little bit unique is that we committed from day one that we would actually pay attention to the hello at X Factor email. And we have had one company that Chip saw in there that he thought was, um, was really well done and we ended up funding that company. And so mm. if you can't get to us through other ways, um, you can actually email that and somebody will look at it and we will consider it just the same as if it came through the pipeline another way. Cool. Great. All right. I think we've covered everything. If people want to learn, want to learn more, it's uh, xfactor.ventures. Is that right? Correct. Great. Any last thing, words of advice or things you want to promote or plug while we have you? <laughs> no, this has been great. I mean, thanks so much for having us on. And it's really good that you're, you're uh, having this platform. And thank you for letting us come on and, and talk about X Factor. I'm excited. Uh, we've got you in amongst about four or five really interesting, new, novel, different, much needed funds. So this is just great. I'm excited to be releasing you guys soon. So awesome. Well, thanks, Chip. Thanks, Anna. Um, good luck with X Factor. And we'll, we'll catch you again after you've raised that $50 million fund. And we'll see how things have shaped up and evolved since then. You guys look forward to it. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Over thanks. now.